Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis and welcome. Uh, today I'll be talking about challenges. It may or may not be what you expect, but uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Okay, well, thank you for joining me uh, for listening in, and that's uh, uh, really helpful. Today I want to talk about challenges, and um, it is something that has been in the news for a while. Um, just a second here. Okay. So it's been something that was in the news. Um, the teenagers have decided that <clears throat> um, they like to take these challenges. And most of the challenges are usually something of a nature that puts them in some kind of stressful situation or something, just something stressful to their body. There was the cinnamon challenge and there were adults that uh, actually participated in that and they like posting it. And I guess there's some level of notoriety or um, social, um, I want to say social enjoyment or social pleasure that they receive out of um, being a part of a community that, that challenges themselves. And that's, that's one way to look at it, but they have a tendency to get to be, to do some challenges that are, uh, may cause serious harm. One of the challenges was the pass out challenge. That was where people would hyperventilate themselves. They would uh, breathe heavily until they got lightheaded. Then someone would press on their chest while they were back, uh, back against a wall or door or something. And, uh, it would hold. They would hold their chest compressed so that they uh, did not receive a lot of uh, enough oxygen until they passed out. There was the tub of ice water challenge, where people would put themselves in a tub filled with ice water. It runs water and then fill it with ice, and see how long that they could last before it was too painful. Um, and now there's the tide pod challenge where, and I don't think I really understand what the challenge is here other than to do something that's risky by putting the, the uh, Tide Pods, which are filled with laundry detergent, in your mouth and then break it open. Um, so, so I don't really understand the, uh, what the challenge is there other than to just to do something risky. and. And, and there's no kind of grading system who does it better. So these challenges don't really have any kind of a, <clears throat> they don't have any really kind of a um, goal to it other than to just see if you can do it. There's no, you know, who, who does it best or is there achievements? There's no level of achievements achieved, accomplished. Just, can I do the, the challenge? Um, let me give you a few statistics about the tied pod challenge and then this is, these statistics come from the American Association of Poison Control Centers there were 23 cases of intentional poisoning and that's putting the Tide Pods in your mouth and uh, doing whatever you do to them break them open uh, and these were all teenagers there were 23 cases in 2016 there were 59 cases in 2017 and there were already as of January the 15th 39 cases of exposure to poison. 
that right there causes alarm and, and people, uh, you may have seen news articles or news stories about that. So that already causes some alarm. In researching this, I found something else that I, I thought was even more alarming. In 2017, about 12,300 people were exposed to laundry pods. 10,500 of them were children under the age of five. I'll say that again. In 2017, 12,300 estimated exposures to laundry pods and 10,500 of them were under the age of five. The pods also pose a risk to elderly adults who may have Alzheimer's or dementia. And in 2017, 167 incidents involving adults over the age of 60. 456 people across all age groups have reportedly been exposed to a single uh, load laundry packets so far in 2018, whether intentionally or not. So these, um, initially I wanted to talk about these challenges and the risk taking that people do for entertainment. Uh, I, there's always that issue of um, notoriety and fame and um, I understand the social aspect of it. And so, so when I say I understand the social aspect of it, I some people feel part of a group or feel accepted when they perform as other people in the group do. And with social media the way it is, uh, we're creating bigger and bigger um, distance groups. Used to be a, a group with somebody that you hung out with on a regular basis. Uh, you go to shopping with or the mall or you go play ball or you go to the park but it was uh, a group that you physically um, were a part of physically as in you know you did activities with the internet now we have groups that may have never met each other may have never physically been within 50 feet of each other but they are part of a group and they feel a part of that group and they participate in the group's activities and um, so so I understand that aspect of it this particular challenge or this particular item um, my podcast is based on the concept of finding the relationships between society business and politics and this particular um, event encompasses all three as in New York two New York lawmakers want to require companies to um, wrap the pies in individual wrappings they want to child protect them um, which you don't hear much I didn't hear much about the 2500 
number and children under five, I was under the impression it was several, but not that large a number. Um, but they want to childproof the packets by having them individually wrapped, and they want to change the colors so that they're less desirable by children and adults. Um, it would also add uh, detergent packets and other uh, to the house, uh, hazardous household products and requiring child-resistant packaging and clear labels. So, there's the public aspect. There's the um, political aspect. And Procter & Gamble, which is the company that makes the Tide Pods, has initiated or had previously initiated when they first got information that their pods were being um, were causing problems with children um, made an awareness campaign that they were not candy that they were to be um, placed in safe in a safe area to be, to be watched and um, this uh, uh, the two Lawmakers in New York are now trying to put pressure on uh, Procter & Gamble to go even further to try to protect. And so, so here's that circle where it, are, where it all overlaps and, and you get to see how this all works together. So rather than children under five more than likely can't get to a, a Tide Pod that is secure. It's a cabinet door that's secure. I, I would think that cabinet doors, if you have a five-year-old, they would be secure anyway. That would be something that you want to secure. That would be something that you, you would want to keep your, especially, I can't imagine you would keep Tide Pods in your food pantry where you keep edible items. That's just that to me doesn't make sense. So I, I'm just guessing that that's not where people are keeping them. If they uh, have a laundry room that is, let's presume that it's all on one level. I mean, um, a lot of times you find laundry rooms in the basement and I couldn't imagine that you would allow a five-year-old to go up and down basement steps unattended, but it's quite possible. Um, but I, I, I still have some issues on trying to reconcile how a five-year-old would get to um, a Tide Pod. If you're a parent and you, you're thinking of the safety of your child, you're going to look at a Tide Pod, realize it looks like candy or it looks like a toy, and you would ensure or you would try to ensure that your child wouldn't get to it. Now, I'm not trying to be too harsh on parents am I am I being a little accusatory probably um, because I because I'm still having some difficulty understanding how a five-year-old gets to a, a laundry detergent um, but the company now is being put on the on the hook or they're being held responsible for the behavior of its consumers. 
And this is not new. We've we've gone down this road a lot of times. There have been a lot of lawsuits. There have been um, uh, a lot of political action and community action to try to put pressure on companies or put pressure on um, their congressperson to enact legislation to help people protect themselves. I don't know, how do you put pressure on someone to protect themselves? By passing this law and saying, you need to change your product, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's laundry detergent. Why would you have to tell someone to put laundry detergent away? That, that's just, you, you, you don't leave bleach out. You don't leave other caustic materials out. They're usually kept in a cabinet or usually kept in some place where they're, they're not necessarily, they're easy to get to, but they're not extremely easy. They're not just out in the open. You just can't. So we're passing a law and so they want legislation because people won't do things or they allow things to happen that, that they should take extra effort. So, so I'm seeing in my head this, this you're, you're, you don't know the situation, you don't know what I go through, you don't know what I've tried, you don't know how I've tried to protect put these things away and so I go back to what is our responsibility to use products safely if I can't secure a product if I can't secure it from my elderly parent if I can't secure it from my um, um, toddler is that a product I should be using? Is that a product? If I can't secure it, if I can't put it in a place where it's safe and and no one gets hurt, is that a product I should use? So 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 that's how I'm exploring that, and and I would love to hear from someone. You know, to help me um, better understand how you would continue to purchase a product that proposes a health risk to you and the people around you, and you can't secure that product, you can't make it safe, because that's your responsibility. As the purchaser of that product or the um, um, user of that product, it's part your responsibility to make that safe to make that safe for the people around you and if you can't make that safe how do you then justify continuing to use that product so so help me understand that
Help me find the answers to that. So to get back, um, I want to go back and, and talk a little bit about um, the challenges. Most of these challenges, if you look at them, they're not they're not real competitions of any type. They're not they're not elevating people. They're not challenging people to uh, use their brains. They're not challenging people to exercise or be more active. Um, and, and it may be just because of uh, Tide Pods being caustic and causing injury and being poisonous that I'm going to see more of that. And that makes, I understand that because we want to alert people to those dangers and that's important. That's what news is, so, is about. Um, but I don't see a lot of challenges where people are challenging each other to run a mile backwards or um, dribbling a basketball around a park for hours the, the, or solving some. I do see occasional uh, items that come across my, my uh, Facebook feed where I'm challenged to figure out a puzzle, and I love those. Um, I like figuring things out. I like uh, ch mental challenges, but I don't see a lot of those, and I don't see a lot of videos with people achieving those mental challenges. And so I, I've looked a little bit at how some of these get started, and it's kind of an organic thing. It's like uh, one person does it, films it, and they pass it on. Um, so I don't know why we don't have other challenges that are that are more fulfilling, that are more um, that learn, that help help us learn, help us grow as individuals, help us be more healthy, help us to be smarter. Why why those don't catch on? Why why do we always why do most of the challenges um, have such a high risk to them? Or higher risk than normal and I think I've heard people um, blame television they blame uh, so like you have shows like Fear Factor where they do these really uh, gross or um, hair-raising uh, challenges but if you know something, if you know something is dangerous. Now I know that uh, Fear Factor says don't try this at home, and but but I don't think. So if you know something's dangerous, why would you try it? So they they have a a guy or jump from a a moving crane um, to uh, catch on to something else and there's a, an element of risk there and so we know that that's dangerous what is the responsibility of the people that watch to understand that that's dangerous and proceed with caution at what point do we stop blaming someone else for what we've done and blame 
ourselves for what we've done or haven't done. In a society, you, we, are, we do influence each other. That is what we do. That's how society grows. That's how society stains itself. That's how people connect. We influence each other. I go to a restaurant I really enjoy. I share that restaurant name with you. The food that I had. We have apps that do that. We have apps that talk about uh, people that I've had great experiences with. So you know that that person is better acceptable to be around. <clears throat> so, so I understand society. I understand um, doing things based on recommendations from someone else. But where is the admonition that just because you see it doesn't mean it's for you to do? Where is your responsibility? It's, I won't say it's easy. I think the um, legislators who have approached Procter & Gamble, they're, they're putting fourth legislation and, and and I think you hear a lot of people say that government can't solve everything and this may be one of those things that government can do something but is it something that government should do something and I, I think so so we want to protect people we want if government is always going to pass a law because something becomes dangerous and people do it that's one more thing we're adding to we're adding to enforcement so we're asking now to find a way to enforce that but we're allowing people to not take responsibility for their actions so if you do something dangerous, you ride your bike on the edge of a, a building. You fall, let's say it's not high enough to, to, for you to die, but it is high enough for you to injure yourself severely. You sue the building to the building owner because they didn't anticipate that you would risk your life riding on the edge of the building on a bike. I understand. So there's a difficult way of, of drawing. Where do we draw the line for you being responsible for your actions? and people being responsible for other people's actions if the if the building if the building builder was 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 negligent reckless with building the building the bad materials they knew it was an area where uh, people risk took and uh, without regard built a building that they could they that someone could or be interested in trying to do something risky off of. Um, but 
but what I what I, what I see here, the um, legislators are saying, we want you to to change your product. You you've made your product and you've you've done studies. You've appealed to adults. You've created a product that adults should, within reason, know should be protected. You can't look at a, a Tide Pod and not realize its potential dangers. So you've, you, the company has done a campaign, but you obviously haven't done enough because people have ignored your warnings, they've ignored the dangers, and they have put themselves at risk and now we're going to create a law to force you to do something different because people won't protect themselves. So that's where I am on that one. There's, I don't know how to better explain that. And I would really like to, to hear if you've got any additional ideas that you think um, may highlight what I'm trying to talk about, or if you can think of things that I've missed and ways that I haven't looked at it, because as a as an entrepreneur, one of the things that you think about is how can I. How can I do this? What if I do this? So you have to look at your behavior. You have to look at what you can do. And so you realize your responsibility in your success. You realize there are things that you can't do, but there are things that you are responsible for doing for to make your success achievable. And as, a, as an entrepreneur, I'm thinking, why doesn't everybody think like that? Why wouldn't you? What is your responsibility for your success? So give me some feedback on that. I would appreciate it. Uh, that wraps up today. Let me see here. Ah. All righty. So you can always watch this podcast again here on uh, YouTube. And there is also um, the audio podcast. It's on Stitcher.com. It's on Podcast.com, iTunes Store, and the Google Music Play Store. The Internet is powered by your likes and your shares. Please comment wherever you find the uh, podcast. Like and share. Start a conversation. Give me feedback. Love to hear from you. Remember to always be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because he might not be looking out for you. Thanks again for joining me.